So um, we're looking um, in our subject that we've been looking at for a while, and we've got a few more to go, at the topic of journeys. And the topic or the subject that we're looking at today is following others. Um, one of the things that is quite useful, I think, because we've got our um, teaching on the website, is to actually go and listen again to whatever the teaching was for that day, because people will mention um, verses of scripture, which I will be doing, and you may not have time to be flicking through your Bible and you don't want to lose um, the momentum by doing that. So I would encourage you, not particularly because it's me, but anybody's teaching that we've had, particularly on a series, that go back and listen to it again and look up the scriptures. Okay. So following others. Now, some of the pound coins um, that we've had over the years, when um, certain of them have been struck, they've had mottos incised on the edge around the outside. And as far as I could make out, there were four of them. Um, there's decus et tutamen, which is an ornament and a safeguard. Nemo me impune lacessit, no one provokes me with impunity. One that is in Welsh, which I'm not going to attempt to pronounce because I do not want to mangle a beautiful language, okay? But it means, true am I to my country. And it is part of the Welsh national anthem. And the other one that we sometimes quote at Gather Collective is standing on the shoulders of giants. And that's the one I want to look at. A motto um, is a kind of an anthem. It could be, a, oh, it's on the colours of a regiment. Um, and it often reflects a, a, a condensed history. It's like a historical stock cube um, condensing a whole load of stuff of an institution, an organisation that owns it. And the mention of it, of the motto, may well stir a whole lot of story, um, feelings of patriotism, brotherhood, friendship. Um, there was a football team, I think it's Tottenham, um, whose motto is Ordere et Facere, which means to dare is to do. Um, I'm not sure if that's still the case because some of these things have kind of been lost in the shuffle and which is a shame because of what they reflect. All human endeavour has a history. No one person can really claim to have ever invented, explored, discovered anything totally of themselves. They're always reliant on the, um, on they draw on the conclusions of what has happened before or small discoveries that have been made in different um, realms that have been brought together, like even with our vaccine that we're all rejoicing in at the moment. And so, um, this following of others, following in the footsteps of other explorers is really an important thing for us to grasp as Christians. It's the same for the church. We all stand on the shoulders of those who have lived the Jesus life before us. And as we talked this morning about um, Graham Kendrick, ta-da, anyone remember that? Okay, so walk um, walking and praying. It was a new thing for lots of people at that time. People knew how to pray in church, but the idea of going out on the street and doing it, well, that was a bit freaky, especially if you're watering, walking along and you're muttering to yourself. And whatever you do, don't rebuke the enemy because that will scare the pants off somebody. Also, can I say that? Anyway, so we've got this history um, and we stand on the shoulders of those before us. And some of us may, and we are going to think about this a bit later on, um mottos um 
probably the most evident one would be the Salvation Army. Um, banners, uniforms, blood and fire, blood of Jesus, fire of the Holy Spirit, um, amazing history that um, William and Catherine Booth, um, William Booth wrote a book called In Darkest England and the Way Out. And it's an awesome volume. It's a quite a hefty tome. And it's about the terrible situation that people were in at the time that the Salvation Army was birthed. And um, testimony, you know, someone who'd only just become a Christian in the Salvation Army, they'd be dragged out with the band and everything. They'd stick them on a chair and make them give their testimony of how they'd come to Jesus. Um, and all of these things, it's the history of the Salvation Army. Um, if you sing um, the hymn, Here is Love, Vast as the Ocean, it was the anthem of the Welsh revival under Evan Roberts, I believe. And someone wrote it. Um, and it, it's these things. And when we hear them and when we reflect on them, all those, that history comes to the surface. Um, and it's encouraging. Now, in the Old Testament, um, parents were charged with actually um, repeating the truth about God to their children. And those children were charged with repeating it to the next generation. So um, Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 to 9, Moses, is, uh, it's his farewell message to the people. And he tells them, teach God's word diligently to your children. Not just, oh, well, you know, you might want to have a quick look at this. Um, teach it diligently. Um, converse about it at every opportunity. Um, in the Psalms, Psalm 145, verse four, um, one generation shall praise your works to another. It's not, well, they might do, it's you shall um, praise works to another. Most of it was committed to memory. Other times it was written down, but even these writings were copied from one generation to another. The Dead Sea Scrolls are an example of keeping alive of the story. And um, in uh, 1 Kings 2, 3 and 4, David is speaking to his son Solomon and telling him about God's word, having a copy of God's word. Now, I'm pretty sure that there is a verse of scripture, but I've not been able to pin it down, where the kings were told they had to write out the, God, uh, the law for themselves and keep a copy by them. Um, so I'll carry on finding out where that is. Now, we're looking at um, a guy called Timothy. So 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, and Paul is writing um, in many letters. At this time, he's in prison. Timothy was a young man um, uh, in, the, in leadership in the church in Ephesus. And what um, Paul is writing to Timothy about is because Timothy was quite shy. Um, he didn't have great health and he needed encouraging. And you will know that if any of you have, have been in any position of authority as a young person, that sometimes the older generation isn't overtly encouraging. And so Paul was writing to this young man and he reminded him of his inheritance. And he said that, re remember, you were taught by your mother, Eunice, and your grandmother, Lois, and also that I have prayed for you to receive the gifts of the Spirit. So he was reminding Timothy of his rich heritage. 
Now, the combined lands of Britain, Scotland, Wales and Ireland have an amazing heritage of Christianity. Ruth was reminding us last week of places of significance in Ireland. Abbeys, convents, monasteries, they weren't just places where particularly holy people chose to hang out. They were places of study with great libraries. Men and women spent their time in the scriptorium, copying books and documents, and much of the information we depend on today when a translation of the Bible is undertaken will refer back to those documents. But they also collected information and made observations about plant, uh, plant life, both healing and harmful, recipes, medicines, um, and sometimes a monastery might send a delegation to another monastery convent to copy a, um, a book that they particularly wanted to have in their library. And when they came back, there'd be a real celebration. They would celebrate the mass and they would make a big deal of this because a book was a very precious and difficult thing to obtain. One such story of the past is Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. It's an allegorical story and it's the journey of faith of Christian. At one point, and I'm really glad we sang that song, You Never Let Go, because it talks about the valley of the shadow. And um, there's a point where Christian is going through the valley of the shadow. Not only is it a narrow path, but it is full of demonic forces and they're around him but also there's a demon who is whispering all sorts of unclean um, scenarios in his ear. And he believes this to be his own thinking. And so feeling dirty and unworthy is added to the battle. And so his battle is outward and inward. But then suddenly he hears a voice up ahead. And that voice is repeating the 23rd Psalm. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And Christian was encouraged. And being encouraged is thinking, oh, great, there, there's actually someone who's been here before me. Um, and they're up ahead. Um, so I, I can, can I catch up with them and walk with them and they with me? And so he was able to shake off those demonic forces and emerge into the light, looking for the owner of the voice. OK, I want to take a little sealar here. And this is where you'll need your paper and pen. What I would like you to do is to think about the names of the people who have influenced you in your life in the same way that Paul talked to um, Timothy about Lois and Eunice. Think of the names of people. Now, I want you to go way, way back. Don't just think about um, when you became a Christian, because um, that may be sooner or earlier. Could be your parents a grandparent, uncle, teacher, aunt. Um, it could be teaching that you found on social media. It could be a book you've read. Um, they don't have to be people who are still around. And they could even be a fictional person. I was um, reading an article and someone who was asked this question at a conference or something actually wrote down the name of Atticus Finch. Now, Unless you've read the book, um, that may not mean anything to you, but Atticus Finch um, was a, it's the story of a white lawyer defending a black man. And it's in the book um, by Harper Lee, To Kill a Mockingbird. And this man thought, Do you know, I want to be like Atticus Finch. I want to be someone who speaks up for those who don't have a voice. So 
I'm going to give you a few minutes to write down the names of a few people. And I want you to write the attribute that it was that you, um, you admired or you thought, I want to be like that. So I'll give you a few minutes and then I'll kind of draw us back again. If you're listening to the podcast, you might like to pause it and take a moment to write down your responses to what Caroline has just asked. Thank you. Now, while you um, you carry on for a little while thinking of that, um, I don't know if anyone would like to share, that you'll have to unmute yourself to do so, um, but to share just one, um, if you're like me, you've got a whole load of, a li- well, I've got quite a list of things, but I would say that, first of all, I'd have to um, say my parents, because my parents, although they were not Christians, I mean, my mum had a, a Catholic background, and my dad was fairly anti anything religious, but both of them gave me a strong sense of truth and of justice and of speaking up for people who didn't have someone to speak for them. For me, it was uh, John Wimber, uh, partly because he was so committed to the supernatural, but he was also so committed to being thoughtful. And that there's times in your life when you're trying to bring those things together and understand how they work together. And it was... It was great to observe him and how he he did that. For me, it was a couple called Lynn and Marty Green, um, who I um, got to know through joining Youth of the Mission when I was uh, 17 and not having been a Christian long. And um, it really, it wasn't just what they said, it was their lives that I watched. They were quite a few few years older than me and had a young family and all the way through I, I kind of observed them and, and have through the years so they it, it was their example of how they raised their kids how they lived adventurous lives for Jesus that attracted me to want to follow Jesus that way for me it was um, Miss Saunders who was my um teacher and when I was in the last year of Polgate Junior School when I was about 10 and um she used she was just fabulous she had fantastic faith um that I really admired she was very strong person she 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 was um you would she was very strict as well you you would never have mucked her around but um she, she I just adored her and she gave out um she used to give out prizes and um and she used to give out books and only for one thing not for attainment or achievement or she only ever gave out prizes for perseverance and um I met her uh again um some 40 years later and she's still fabulous anyone else like to share well for me it would be Sharon and Dave um just for their um support and guidance over the years and all the time and um, a listening ear and um, and like Sharon said the example of the way they follow Jesus has helped me to grow in my faith as well for me it would be my grandmother um, she was a, a secret Jew who never let anybody know she was Jewish until 
Oh, she never did. She went to her deathbed, having hidden the fact she was a Jewish person. But um, she wholeheartedly immersed herself in the Christian faith. Um, and she was a, they, she came from poverty initially through to being you know, comfortably off through determination and resourcefulness. But she was one of those people, she was really fiercely protective of others and um, probably from her background. But she was an exhorter of other people. She, like, I, I used not even the word encourage. She was an exhorter. Um, she was like, that seems like a stronger word. And she, she was a person who built community around her and she was just inspiring for the way she did that. And the fact she just sang out in praise in church. She used to take us to church when we went to stay. Um, and uh, she just sang out so beautifully. So it was amazing. Okay, I need to kind of move on a bit. So um, if we could uh, either mute ourselves or um, whatever. Um, but I'm gonna pray um, and give thanks for all those names that you've written. And let's all remember that it's um, all from the, even before we were born, there may well have been someone praying for us. Um, so Father, we want to thank you for this, um, uh, I'm sure uh, countless people that if we started thinking the list would get longer and longer. And we thank you for these people whose shoulders we are standing on at this moment in time. And we thank you for them. Thank you for every um, word, every encouragement, everything that they have put into us that makes us who we are right now. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Okay, so back to Pilgrim's Progress. Um, Christian found that there was another pilgrim traveling to the celestial city up ahead who had escaped, escaped from the city of destruction, which is where um, Christian had come from, and he was called Faithful. And Christian caught up with him. They rejoiced in each other's company and went on their way together. Now, sometimes we might feel we're on our own, um, especially in present circumstances. If we're, uh, for whatever reason, we have got to be at home. We are shielding, as they call it. And we need to recall and remind ourselves that we're part of something that has an amazing history. From the day of Pentecost, um, when we celebrate the birth of the church, right up to the um, here and now, across all nations, we are the church. This is really part of the reason why events, and more importantly at this moment, events like the recent day of prayer um, or the Pioneer Conference all help us to see the bigger picture. Now, when we're, um, if we didn't have all this stuff going on, we would go to places and we would see that there are hundreds, thousands of Christians. If we looked at what is happening in the world, there are thousands, millions of Christians around the world. We are part of something big. We're not a, um, a tuppenny halfpenny job that only um, came into being six months ago. Uh, we can uh, uh, take the history of Christianity in Britain. It goes almost back to Jesus. Um, Christianity has been with us a long time and it came in all sorts of waves. So we are part of something amazing um, and our hymns and songs reflect all of that. You know, there are churches um, that I know of who only sing songs that were written in the last 10 years. And they've kind of um, sort of disowned nearly 2000 years of church history that is expressed in what we sing. Um, and that's a shame um, because, like I said, with if we sing here is love vast as the ocean, I think of the Welsh revival. 
Um, I wasn't there, but I've read about it and I long for it to happen in my day. Uh, not necessarily in Welsh, because that might be a bit tricky for me. Um, I haven't got Vivita's gift for languages. So one of the things we need to consider, and if you think about all the people that, whose names that you wrote, think about your parents who've invested in you, whether it was they invested in us financially, which my parents did, and we didn't have a lot of money. Um, now we're going to have another CELAR moment. This one, I want you to think about those people and what impressed us. Now, for good or ill, and whether we like it or not, there are people following us. We can't go all sort of, um, I don't know, what, what would we call it? Poor worm and say, oh, no one would want to follow me. I haven't got anything worth following. They are following us. There's no choice in the matter. They are watching us. We don't know whether people are going to join us on Zoom on a Sunday. What are they seeing? Are we... Are we enthusiastic in our facial expression? Are we animated? Are we, um, do we join in? Do we pray? Um, so what is it that they are seeing? Now, I want you to think about um, the list that you just made. Um, and in the light of the fact that we are being followed, we are being watched, we have people standing on our shoulders, what, sort of people does that call us to be okay so now what I'd like you to write down what other gifts characteristics attributes that you personally would like to be known for now you may just write one and I'm not don't look at the you know dig up the daffodil bulb to see if it's growing and go all sort of British and coy and say that you're no good um, every one of us has got gifts and abilities that God has put in us. There are things that we do naturally that are good and positive. What is it that you would want to be known for? And the second question is, what do we want Gather Collective to be known for? So if people um, who didn't live in Eastbourne joined us on a Sunday morning and they're not Christians and maybe in the course of being with us, they become a Christian. And then they realize that once the lockdown thing is not happening, they wanna look for a church. And they, what kind of church will they look for? Will they look for one that's got the positive and goodness and godness of Gather Collective? Will that be what they'll go for? What is it about us? So what is it about us individually that we would want people to emulate? And what do we want people to look for in gather collective in who we are as a community. So I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to write that down. And I won't be asking you to share that one just yet. If you're listening to the podcast, you might like to pause it and take a moment to write down your responses to what Caroline has just asked. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to pray. Um, I would say carry on thinking about those, the things that you've written, the people um, from the past that um, have brought you to this place. The characteristics, or like Paul, he wasn't shy. He said, imitate me. Um, what is it that we can safely say to people, imitate me? Um, and what is it that is distinctive 
about us as a community of faith, that we would want others to um, use that as a model for the kind of community of faith that they would like to be in. So I'm going to pray. I want you to hold all of those things. Um, if you want to metaphorically put your hold your piece of paper in the air, mine's in my notebook. Um, and I want to give this to God. So let's do that together. It's a prophetic act. Father, we want to give you, we want to give you the names of the people who um, brought us to where we are now. We want to give you the characteristics that we want seen in us, the things that we can safely say to another, imitate me in this. And we want to give you Gather Collective and we ask Lord that it would be the sort of um, Christian community that others will see is, um, a, I want to be in a church that is like that. So Father, we give you this prophetically and we ask, make us those who have a, a lifestyle worth emulating and Lord, make Gather Collective a church worth belonging to. In Jesus' name. Amen.